When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I just don't want to piss off that crew. I just don't want to tick them off. That's not that's not what I'm looking to do. It's Carlin versus Joe, <laughs> ESPN Radio. By the way, that's like what reason number nine thousand why I wouldn't be dating Taylor Swift, none right, of which right. would have to actually do with me. Yeah, as if else. you have a say in this in this matter. It's you that's making the decision to not date her. Yes, as if that was up to me. Yeah, <laughs> guess again. I'll tell you, there's a lot going on in Chicago right now with Justin Fields, and we have to welcome in David Kaplan, co-host of Cap and J Hood, ESPN One Thousand, to get the perspective on this. Cap, we appreciate it. It's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, as always. Let's just start here and play some well, of the stuff. On. Take Taylor. I'll be right there. Let me just do this. <laughs> yeah, That's how you do it. I got to go talk to that dope who said he wouldn't date you. <laughs> Uh, let's let's just listen to what Justin had a little while ago when he was asked about what he meant when he said that he is thinking too much. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much? Maybe think too much. You know, could be uh, you know uh, coaching. Um, I think, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it. You know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me you know what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know can't be thinking about that when. The game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's you know it's it's, it's time to play free at that point. So um, you know, just thinking less and you know playing more. Cap with these these comments today, uh, the more that he said, it seems like this is blowing up even a little bit more. So what are you? What's your reaction to hearing Fields today? Well, he then he did walk back and just say, "Look, I have a good rapport with those guys, but I just got to cut it loose." I'm too robotic. I'm too thinking on every single maneuver that I make. I don't think he has a big issue overall with the coaching staff. I do think he has an issue with some of the play calling because some of the play calling has been awful. But Justin also has to wear the fact he's been awful too. Justin has played two terrible football games. And I went back through and watched – the all-22 from both games, twice, because I'm a masochist. My wife said, you got pounded by your arch rival. You're watching it again? Yeah, hon, this is what I have to do. Sorry. And he looked terrible. He drops back the other day against Tampa Bay, and he's got literally D.J. Moore clapping his hands over the middle of the field. Roshan Johnson to his left, wide open, and he walks right into a sack. Of six sacks the other day, I charted it, and Tommy Waddle said the same thing. Olin Krutz said the same thing. Four of those six are on him, 1,000% on him, period. So, in the end, unacceptable play from the quarterback. Now, both things can be true. The O.C. has been terrible, too. 
So what's the biggest reason for the regression that we're seeing so far this year? Obviously, it feels like it, it's, it's on both of them, but is there anything else you guys see in this that could be contributing to why what was supposed to be a promising season is off to such a horrendous start? Well, I'm, I'll argue with you. I don't know how much of a regression it is because he couldn't throw last year. He was not a good passing quarterback last year. He When they ran him to death like a running back, yeah, he was able to make some plays. And I think he's a better passer on the move, rolling out, than he is setting his feet and stepping into his throws. I think that's pretty obvious. But that going into this offseason, the number one thing that Eberflus and Ryan Pohl said is, we got to get that guy to be able to process, go through his progressions, and then deliver the football on time to whichever receiver he chooses to throw it to. He couldn't do that last year. He didn't do it under Matt Nagy, who's probably laughing in Kansas City going, huh, you guys thought I was the problem, huh? And now he's struggling with this again. So, look, now they have Braxton Jones going to IR. What they're going to do for a left tackle, I have no idea. And, oh, by the way, that's Chris Jones over there, and that's Patrick Mahomes when they get the football back. We got issues. David Kaplan, co-host of Cap and Jay Hood, ESPN 1000. Who are the fans blaming right now? Uh, there is that group of Justin Fields fans that he could commit murder on video and they would always defend him. And then there are the group that have completely jumped off his bandwagon. He can't play, move on, get another quarterback. And then there's a group that just think Matt Eberflus is just a placeholder and he's not going to be around and Luke gets, he's an idiot. And so we've got the, the whole city's on fire about the bears because there were people, I was not one of them. I picked them to win at max seven games, max and trending down. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they won five. Did I see them looking as inept as they've looked through the first two weeks? No. thought they'd be improved. They'd be decent. But this is not a good football team by any stretch of the imagination. And now they're dealing with all these injuries. Their offensive line is a mess. Their wide receiver room, eh, Claypool, eh, they wouldn't make that trade again. I think the Steelers got away with, you know, a, a heist there for the 32nd pick. Their defensive back room is the best room on the team, but they're banged up. Eddie Jackson has a foot injury. Tyler Gordon is out now with a hand injury. So, yeah, they're a mess. How much do you think the organization may be regretting not sticking with the number one pick and drafting a quarterback because they traded back. They stockpiled. They said they were going to build the trade at the time. looked very good for the bears. We revisit it now. What are we thinking? Uh, there is zero chance they regret it because they would never have taken Bryce young. They were not in on Bryce young. They just think he's too small. And so okay. they were never going to take him. They were not going to take Anthony Richardson, who they liked very much in terms of his ability, but he's, you know, two-year project probably to try and develop and they were not that's not where they were they wanted to know what they had so at the end of this season they got to know one of two things that's our guy pick up the fifth year option let's talk extension or he can't do it we got to move on you got two number one picks if your team's as bad as it looks at this point like they might be the same with carolina you're going to get his successor you cannot have any gray area. At the end of this year, that's our guy. We're out. 
one or the other. Cap, here's my question, though, based on that, okay? Is this just going to be a cycle here? Because then, let's say they move on from fields, they draft another quarterback, and then a year from now, Eberflus and Poles are in the same position their predecessors were, and you might be doing the exact same thing all over again. Is that fear something that exists in Bears land right now? Well, the chaos that is going on at Hallis Hall is a product of the people making the decisions at Hallis Hall. Because normally you would hire a team president, president hires GM, GM hires coach. That's the way the flow chart's supposed to look. Instead, the Bears fired Nagy, fire Pace. They've already started interviewing head coaching candidates. Now they find the GM, who I like very much. I'm a Ryan Polk guy. Um, he had to clean up a mess, and he's tearing it down and trying to rebuild it on the fly. So, look, if you go 4-13 and 13 this year, you can't bring Matty Rafus back. You just can't. And if you're going to change quarterbacks, you cannot bring this coach and this staff back. You cannot. You have to go out and find somebody who has proven he can develop quarterbacks. Period. End of story. Whoever that is. Like Fantasyland, we were talking about on the radio this morning, Hoodie and I, is, all right, the Bears have a horrific year, and the Panthers have a horrific year, and you're picking at the top of the draft again. And you take Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and, oh, by the way, yeah, Lincoln Riley, your plane is waiting. You get to Chicago. (laughs) Like fantasy island here in chicago but that's what people are talking about david kaplan co-host of cap and j hood we appreciate it man thanks you got it can i tell you one quick story because you were talking about taylor swift please do yeah so i'm doing the bmw championship two weeks ago this beautiful woman walks by our radio set and our sales guy says who's that and i say the name he goes never heard of her she can't be that big I walk up and ask her if she could take a picture with me. And she said, well, first of all, were you the radio guy that was on over there? I said, yeah. She said, who was the guy who said he never heard of me and called me Kiara? I said, Ciara, that was our idiot sales director. Can I take a picture with you? She said, thank you for defending me. Absolutely. Yes. Ciara. Pretty funny. Uh, Awesome stuff, Cap. Thanks, brother. Have a great day. You too. David Kaplan, Kaplan J-Hood, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. It just sounds like a bad situation, man. And it doesn't sound like it's getting any better anytime soon. No, you got Kansas City this weekend. You're going to go to 0-3. It could be a bad loss. The line's moving against you. The Chiefs are 13-point favorites. Imagine the Chiefs win that game by two touchdowns, and it doesn't look like they had to break much of a sweat to do it. You're 0-3 in Chicago. You're right back to this conversation, and it only gets worse. It's not like it's going to get better coming off a loss to Kansas City. Like This is a brutal matchup to have, given the current state of the organization. Well, speaking of Matt Eberflus, we're going to hear his reaction to what Justin Fields had to say in just moments. It is the biggest story in the NFL going on right now. We've got you covered on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Could be, uh... Coaching. What Fields does does not align with what the Bears want him to do. It's getting worse, and we're only two weeks into the season. A case of taking the square peg and trying to put it in the round hole. Yep. Not taking your personnel and shaping your system around them. Everything about this screams we're talking and thinking about everything other than Kansas City. And Kansas City is who they play this week. You listen to what Justin Fields has had to say, and you really have to start to raise your eyebrows at the, at the eyebrow at the situation going on in Chicago. If you raise both your eyebrows, that'd be a little bit weird. But you know what I mean. <laughs> like, it, it, it is a bit mystifying that this can be the case, and we're only week two uh, into this season. It's unreal. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. What are we talking about? Well, take a listen to some of Justin Fields before we play the head coach's uh, response to what Fields had to say. We have talked quite a bit about the sacks that Fields took the other day, about how he took too long in the pocket, and what that all looked like. Here is Fields from earlier. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not, not, not playing like myself. So um, uh, my goal this week is just to say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and playing off of instincts rather than just, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back. So it's a game. Um, and, and, and that's it because that's when, you know, I play my best is when I'm just out there playing free and uh, being myself. So bump all the, you know, what I should do, what I this and that, like pocket stuff, like I'm going to go out there and be me. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? You know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. All right, Joe, quick translation from me on everything that Fields just said. I was way too concerned about doing it the way that they wanted me to do it. It didn't work the other day. 
screw this. I'm going to do what got me here. Fair to say? Hard hard to disagree. That's what it sounded like. It sounds like a guy who, as we watched him play, he he is great at running the football. He takes too many shots, but he'll tuck, he'll run, he'll make big plays. We've all talked about this in the offseason. It's great to see him run, but he does need to develop as a pocket passer, and you also don't want to see him taking as many vicious shots as he has been. So the translation here, to your point, is probably something along the lines of the coaching staff saying, look, we need to develop some of these skills in the pocket. As a result, Fields is in the pocket more often. He's trying to be in the pocket more often. He's overthinking when he's in the pocket more often, and his response to all all this disaster is, you know what, forget all this, to your point, I'm going to tuck and run, I'm going to make plays like an athlete, I'm going to improv, that's how I am at my best. I, I think it's entirely possible that this is going to turn into a nightmare this year. Here is Matt Eberflus's response to what Fields had to say. We want his feedback. Um, you know, he wants our feedback. And that's how you get to honest conversations. The meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, he expresses, you know, you know, what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well, you know, what he needs to work on. And that's always going to be the case. It was a good conversation. I just want him to speak free. I want him to speak free to us. I want him to be honest. I want him to be you know, forthright with what he's saying. And then, you know, can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? He kind of said that a lot there, didn't he? Like, I want him to... Let's listen to that again. Just listen for how many times he says, I want him to speak freely. We want his feedback. Um, You know, he wants our feedback. And that's how you get to honest conversations. The meeting we had this week was good. You know, it was good. Um, He expresses, you know, know, what he would like. You know, I express what he's doing well. You know, what he needs to work on. And that's always going to be the case. It was a good conversation. I just want him to speak free. I want him to speak free to us. I want him to be honest. I want him to be forthright with what he's saying. And then, you know, can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow were there not honest conversations taking place before this oh i'm sure there were this is this is diffusing the bomb that's what this is this is diffusing the bomb this is field saying what he said the bears hearing the reaction both in chicago and nationally and realizing all right this one's going to get away from us in a hurry if we don't address it properly so rather than come out and disagree with what field says rather than come out and pitch a different narrative come out and support fields It's the smartest way to get people off the scent. Come right on out and say, look, yeah, we want him speaking his mind. We do not have a problem with what he said. You're the ones that are trying to make this something when it's nothing. We've spoken to him. We want him to speak freely. We want him to make plays. It's all part of the process. Blah, 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 blah. It's a smart response right there by the Bears. A very smart response because it gives us less to work with. Like if he comes out and says, well, that's not exactly how we see it, Justin. You and I are off and running, as is everybody else. He comes out and agrees with Justin. It's it's crisis management 101, and it's a very nice job on behalf of the Bears. But when he talked about speaking freely, I kind of felt like he was talking about the relationship that they have with Fields themselves. Not that Fields shouldn't feel free to speak freely publicly. Yes, you're right. He's trying to diffuse it there. I guess... Listen, I admit, there are times I tend to read between the lines quite a bit, okay? When I hear that, it makes me think that maybe that relationship has needed improving in what they are communicating to one another. Even if that's the case, okay, let's go from here. Let's try to make this work. I don't feel like right now, I am not confident at this moment that this is a relationship that's going to work. And whether it's because of Fields, whether it's because of Eberflus, whether it's because of Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, all the way around, this is 
an incredibly tenable situation that feels like it could blow up at any moment. And today was a little bit of lighter fluid. A little bit of lighter fluid that was poured on to what the other day was, frankly, a tire fire down in Tampa for the Bears. Well, on top of that, you have a matchup at Kansas City this weekend where you're a 13-point dog. You lose that game, you're coming home to face a Denver team that will likely be 0-3 after they lose to Miami this weekend. Battle of 0-3s on your home turf. You can't get right there. That's where this is going to start to get really ugly because 0-4, no one's got any belief that you're going to be able to salvage that season. People are packing it in. Let's look at this from a different perspective. We're looking at all the reasons for why it could go wrong. Let's try to find a reason for why it could go right. Are you of the belief that Justin Fields has another gear, that he has another level to him, that we've seen some brilliant spots so far, he needs to be developed, is he capable of taking one, two, maybe three more steps, leveling up three more times to become a franchise quarterback in the NFL, or are we seeing essentially what the entire career of Justin Fields is going to look like? While I was, uh, frankly, quite alarmed by what I saw the other day, I do believe there is still absolutely another level for him to take it to and as far as throwing the ball this was not a concern in college accuracy and all that that was not a problem he has made big time throws for a very long time he hasn't done it consistently enough in the pros that has to improve i fully expect it to improve because i'm telling you some of the throws i saw him make in college up close and personal I firmly was like, wow, there are not many people that can do that on a 25-yard out. And he was putting it on a dime and throwing bullets all over the place. I honestly believe absolutely there is another level for him to take it to and to still be a franchise quarterback, but it's got to be give and take on his part too. Like, they got to figure this out. What is going to marry the best of what you do with how we can put you in that situation to where it's not predictable all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's on everyone to your point on what we saw at Ohio state. I mean, the physical skill set is there without a shadow of a doubt. What always worries me about a situation like that is in so many of those games he plays at Ohio state, his team is so much more superior than the opposition. Mm -hmm. Like the offensive line that he's behind is giving him a lot of time. The wide receivers he's throwing to, they're all pros. The running backs that he's handing the ball off to are all guys that are going to get a look in the league. And then he's got a defense backing him up that's going to be one of the best in the country. It's just there's such an advantage, talent, schematic, you name it wise, for a guy like that in college. You always have to wonder how much of this can you trust? He showed at that level he could be dominant. But now we've got to see the, if he can carry it over. What opened my eyes to it were the things that he was doing that had absolutely nothing to do with who the receiver was, sure. who was blocking for him or anything like that. The throws in particular was what I was paying attention to. And he can make all the throws. He can absolutely do that. Yeah. And He's got the arm. Got the it's got to be look, it's got to be corralled in the right way. And the Bears have to not treat this as this is our system, run our system. This is the way it is. Because if, the, if he is thinking too much, which clearly he was the other day, you are just asking for trouble. He is not the only quarterback, by the way, in the NFC North who might be reaching the end of his tenure with his current team. 
We will fill you in on that little spicy nugget in moments. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kirk heaves it as far as he can. Down to the 25. It bounces about. It, it's knocked away. There are no flags. And the Philadelphia Eagles have beaten the Minnesota Vikings 34-28. Seven to one in turnovers lost in, in two games, and we've lost by a combined nine points to two uh, playoff teams from a year ago. So clearly I've got to coach it better from the standpoint of something we talk about every single day. How long is it going to be before they legitimately consider what the best course of action is for the future in Minnesota? What does that record have to look like? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, because as we approach the trade deadline on October 31st, you've got a prime opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings to be sitting there with two wins in what seven eight games at that point you really have to look at what you're doing and maybe it should be sooner rather than later if they decide to move on and this was very interesting from kyle rudolph the former vikings tight end uh now fox sports radio on the vikings and what they should do in relation to kirk cousins with a potential trade if i'm the jets it's a phone call that i have to make to at least find out and if you're the vikings i think it's a phone call that you have to take you have to listen you know what are they willing to give you for a guy who Ultimately, he might not be in your plans. And, you know, why not get something for him if you haven't extended him to this point? So the Jets are in a position here, just to be clear, that because Aaron Rodgers is not going to play 65% of his snaps, they're going to have the first-round pick this year. If you are the Jets looking at this, I guess it depends on what week. First of all, I would have made the call already if they haven't. But... How do you see this playing out as far as how long it's going to be? Because these discussions are going to take place. If you feel that your defense is as good as you've told everybody it is, and you feel you have a Super Bowl window minus the situation with Zach Wilson as your quarterback, you should absolutely be going after Kirk Cousins. There's no other option out there. Names like Jacoby Brissett, the backup in Washington, Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, some of these other names float up. 
they're not good enough. They're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. It's not necessarily to knock them. They're just not good enough to win the Super Bowl. But if you have this elite defense and you just need competent quarterback play, which I keep hearing all over the place, like if it's just solid quarterback play, just solid, just don't make a ton of mistakes, they can make a deep run, then they should have already had a discussion with Cousins. They should have already had a discussion with the Vikings to try to figure this thing out. Part of me thinks maybe the Jets realize, eh, we're not going to say it out loud, but our season's wasted. And they're not going to dump any more assets, time, or money into this situation. They're just going to try to make do the best they can before they eventually move on to next year. That's one option. But if you're going to pursue Minnesota, the biggest hurdle is Minnesota's belief in themselves. Because the Vikings are not good. They should be well aware that they're not good. And they play the Chargers this weekend. The point spread is pick them, which means there's no favorite. It's just pick the winner of the game in a game where the loser leaves town because that, that's the type of matchup this is. And if the Vikings fall to 0-3 here, they should be looking to acquire assets to build for the future. But the Bears are an 0-2 dumpster fire at the moment. The Lions are 1-1. They were supposed to be so big and bad. Here comes Seattle beating them in overtime on their home turf when they had 10 days to get ready for that game. And Green Bay's 1-1, and they they look like they're going to be all right. All right at best. So Minnesota's off a 13-win season. They're probably fooling themselves into thinking, look, we're off to a slow start. We're still a good team. The division's down. We can make a run. And that's going to be the biggest problem because the head coach isn't going to want to move on from Cousins. He wants to get to the playoffs. He wants to justify his salary so that he sticks around. So you need Minnesota to fall off and fall off in a bad way if you're going to even have a shot at getting them to listen to you. Not because they love Cousins, but just because they have this this misguided belief that they might be good this year. Yeah, listen, and it is completely misguided. Here, there are a couple other things at work here. Number one, just to be clear, if I wasn't earlier about it, the Jets, while they still have their first-round pick, I'm not fully suggesting that they would trade that they can't they can't trade that till after the season because technically it is still tied in to the green bay packers at this point so if they're trading picks it's two years from now uh secondly it's 2025 secondly the other question you have to ask yourselves if you're minnesota where does this put us with justin jefferson long term Does he want to be here long-term if we are going to go into a rebuild situation and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be? Because if I'm not mistaken, he hasn't gotten his contract yet. And they certainly don't want to lose him considering he's the best receiver in football right now. So you have to factor that in. But if you are Minnesota and it's clear that with Jefferson, you're okay as long as you come up with the money and this is going to give you a chance to pay him now because you don't have to pay a quarterback right now. All of a sudden, that money's off the books, Joe. Um, Maybe you go ahead and you do it. He knows what the situation is. He knows they could be looking to draft one next year anyway. Here's an idea. I'll just throw it out there. You make the trade sooner rather than later. You talk about a conditional one in 25. And you throw in Zach Wilson with it. So you give them a chance to look at somebody for the rest of the year to see if there's anything salvageable there. Then they have to make a decision about whether or not they want to offer him uh, the fifth-year option. And then that way they could even go into next year with Wilson if they see what they like, if they see something they like, they could try to figure it out from there. Or, okay, we did this, we got an extra one next year, now we can look at trying to move up and maybe draft somebody this year. Uh, The part about Wilson, 
is where it gets interesting. I think instead of what you said about Wilson, I would say you throw Wilson in the deal because if you're Minnesota, you want him to Oh, no, to I'm start. not trying to sell him like he's something that is a, of a real asset. No, I know. But what yeah. you want to do is you want to realize Minnesota wants him in the, cha- in the trade for Kirk Cousins so they can start him so that he can go out there and be terrible, lose every game, and put them in a great position to draft the number one pick. That, that, that's why you would want Wilson. Not yeah. because you want to see if he's got something where he's going to end up being better. He's not. We know what he is at this point. You put him in there so he can, he can handle the tank job. I want to revisit so the you part. Don't think just, Nick Mullen, you think Zach Wilson would be handling the tank job much better than Nick Mullins? I think it's all interchangeable at that point. Yeah. It's just yeah. whichever guy you want in there losing games, you, you, you can turn to. That, that, that would be the situation. The interesting part about Justin Jefferson, you brought him up. What are you going to do with Justin Jefferson? I saw people floating recently the idea of trading Jefferson. If you're going to end up losing cousins and trade Jefferson, get the draft picks, do whatever you can do in order to uh, essentially start the rebuild, right? Like maybe trade him to new England. Here's here's, I got to get this off my chest. Cause I hate when it comes to stuff like this, when it comes to trading cousins, who's on an expiring deal, he's in his mid thirties. He's probably not going to be your guy moving forward. That's fine. If you want to talk about trading that when you've got the best player at his positional group on your team that you drafted, you, you don't trade that guy away. You don't ever trade that guy away. There's no situation where you trade him. Because if you're trading him for picks, you're just getting those picks in the hopes of finding a guy like him again. All right? It's the stupidest thing in sports when it's like, look, maybe we can trade Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears, get a bunch of picks in return so that we can get then go out and find a great pass rusher like Khalil Mack. And that's the Raiders. I, I yeah. never understood that move. And now people will say, well, Mac didn't turn out to be all that great. They got all those picks. The Raiders squandered all those picks. They did they a terrible used job with those picks. All those picks on a bunch of guys who are either no longer on the team or aren't producing at the level you would have hoped when you used those picks on those guys. So with Justin Jefferson, you're not trading him. Otherwise, why are you even in this business if you would consider something like that? That's like when the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts to the Dodgers. If you went through all that work to acquire a guy like Mookie Betts, to identify identify that talent to bring him up and get him into your rotation, your lineup, part of your squad. And he produced the way he did. And for some reason you thought you'd be better off by trading him away for more assets so that maybe you could find another Mookie Betts. You deserve all the bad luck coming your way, Boston. That was one of the all time worst trades I've ever seen in sports. There are guys that are tradable. There are guys that are not. You don't trade Justin Jefferson because you're not going to be able to find another guy like him. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. Up in moments, Colorado has their first test, true test of the Deion Sanders era. What happens if they actually beat Oregon? It's next. ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Clear if you're taking the over. It's minus 180. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Under is a big dog there. Yes. Yes, it is. He is. He's something. He is. 
like the the stories that exist about him are just unbelievable. How long did you work with him for? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Seven years altogether. I produced the show. Oh, man. It was something in its heyday. It was something. He was great today on First Take. I think we oh. got to clue the people in on what we're talking about in regards to Mad Dog. So, yeah, and, and you'll hear it in a minute. It, it's just <laughs> Chris talking about what his plans are for the weekend. And the thing about Chris is, like, anybody who ever thought that it's an act, no, this this is legitimately who he is. He would do this thing. First of all, whenever it's uh, your team Losing in a big situation, dear God, he loves to stick it to you in the, in the worst way. Like we've talked about me being a Texas Rangers fan. He would call me up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday if they had lost a late night game to the Giants in San Francisco. He's a big San Francisco Giants fan. Yeah. And he would call me up. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Just stay up late to see Kanye spit the bit. <laughs> stuff like that. Like he would absolutely, he would do stuff like that. He would want to know your entire travel schedule of if you were going somewhere. So like I had him on when I was filling in for Greeny a couple of months ago. And I said, dog, here's the situation. Uh, late October, early November, I have got a game in uh, Iowa City, Rutgers at Iowa. I have to get to Jacksonville the next day for San Francisco and the Jaguars. What am I doing? <laughs> and he will map out. Well, listen, probably going to have to drive to Cedar Rapids, uh, jump in a little puddle jumper there, go to Chicago. And I wouldn't mind seeing your your fat body waddling through her hair, sweating up the bejesus, <laughs> trying to make it to get to a connection to get to Jacksonville. Because, my friend, that is not exactly, you know, Chicago to JFK, one every hour. <laughs> That's what it would be. So here is Chris earlier today on First Take about his upcoming weekend and Saturday's Colorado game. And it, it, you, I could see it in his eyes, but in his mind... He is breaking down exactly how the whole day is going to go. And keep in mind, I'm not sure. His wife might be on a on a, a trip with some friends right now, which would certainly play into his description here. At about 12 o'clock, uh, sit down, uh, make an early cocktail, uh, cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy? A gummy. Uh, cut a gummy in half. Keep listening. Uh, uh, cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 325, when I'm sourced, I'm not driving in the house, 325, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. 718-504, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I I can't root for Oregon. All right, I'll pretend on TV. Put 10 dimes on Colorado. It's Colorado and Dion. Let's win the game. And you notice in the middle there, Stephen A., who, by the way, is going to join us tomorrow at 1230 Eastern Time, is saying to Marcus Spears, yeah, he said gummy. He said gummy. Keep listening. (laughs) Because Marcus (laughs) Spears' face is like, 
What is he doing? Marcus's face is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, you have to catch that. My favorite part of the whole thing, people would think the gummy, the drink, the bet. It's actually the part where he lays out how he's going to be sauced. And then there's a three line sequence where he says, not driving in the house, 325 p.m. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing. He is so analytical about breaking down every single thing about what the schedule of his day is going to be. Not and driving I was still g- <laughs> in the house, 325 p.m. <laughs> and listen, I would see him occasionally at the seaport. Um, we we text every once in a while, but we're not talking all the time. But I will still, without fail, after a bad Rutgers loss, get a text as I am loading onto the bus to go to the airport. Tough one today out, uh, out in uh, Madison, huh? Tough one. <laughs> Not because he's checking in to make sure oh, you're no. okay. Oh, no, no, no. He's just kind of twisting the knife a little yes. bit. Yes. Oh, he enjoys that to no end. Oh, my God, to no end. He loves Tough it. Tough one today out there in Madison. <laughs> <laughs> so is he an all-time trash talker? Like, if you stack some of them up, is he one of the... He's not a, he's not a pregame trash talker. Oh, he gets you afterwards. Yes. Okay, he might get you during point. as well. He might get you during as well. Like watching him watch a game with Mike Francesa, like a Yankee playoff game, like a 97, they lost to the uh, then Cleveland Indians uh, on the Sandy Alomar home run. Just very quietly enjoying it. (laughs) Just very quietly. Mike can't throw that pitch right there. That's a tough one. (laughs) Mike's not saying anything. Not saying anything. <laughs> That's uh, what this is all about, though. Yes. That is, at its very core, oh. who we are as sports fans. Yes. We have our teams. We have the tribes that we belong to. We have our passions. We sit down. We watch the games. I, I, I grew up in Allentown, Pennsylvania, which is almost equidistant from Philadelphia and New York City. A lot of Eagles fans, a lot of Giants fans. I can tell you the text threads early in the season on some of these Giants games have just been remarkable for Eagles fans. But I can also tell you that as an Eagles fan, when that Super Bowl ended, my phone exploded. And it wasn't with condolences from people who wanted to make sure I was okay. It was exclusively Giants fans and a couple Steeler fans weighing in to let you know just how awful that must be for you. Oh, oh, absolutely. O'Reilly Auto Parts Loaner Tool Program has more than 80 specialty loaner tools available to help you with your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. It came to a point as a Steeler fan where I would go into, during a playoff game, lockdown mode because of dog. In other words, phones off. You know, I don't want to hear from anybody because I knew... That my phone was going to be ringing in the middle of the game when Tommy Maddox threw an interception. <laughs> you know? Right. He, he is an all-time, all-time trash talker in the middle of an event. Knife and, twister. Oh, just enjoys it to no end. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.